Geekish Cast, episode 112, The Star Band Chronicles, with creator L.A. Franco. Hey everybody, sorry we've been gone so long. I've had some issues with my recording software where it appears to be recording fine or when I do my quick checks before the actual interviews go, it sounds okay. And then when I pull it out to edit it, it's not okay. Um, I think we have it beat at this point. I lost about four interviews in the process. This one here is with L.A. Franco, creator of the Star Band Chronicles. Towards the end, it starts to fall apart a bit because of my ineptitude at editing um, please bear with it. There's a lot of good information in here. LA's a hell of a guy, and I'd like to see his comic be successful. So thank you for indulging me so far. Please stick around for the rest of the episode, and we will be back next week with our regular schedule. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and joining me today is L.A. Franco, uh, creator of the Starband Chronicles. How are you doing, L.A.? I'm doing good, Jeremy. How are you? I am doing quite well, thank you. Hey, thank you for taking the time to uh, meet with me this morning. I know... I had planned to meet with you earlier, but I got invited to a convention, so I had to go to that instead. So thank you for taking the time to come back. <laughs> yeah, no, not a problem, man. I, I really like, uh, you know, I take the opportunity to try to obviously promote the Starband Chronicles and, uh, you know, just put the word out there. Oh, sure. Well, why don't we start with that then? Why don't you tell me a little bit about your comic? All right. Well, the Starband Chronicles is uh, a sci-fi series, and it's actually the first issue is already out. Um, it, it was out on Amazon uh, back in July, and we uh, successfully did a Kickstarter for that uh, around that time. And now we're working on issue two, and the Kickstarter for issue two is actually currently going on right now. Okay. What's where can people find that at? Uh, basically, Kickstarter.com. You look up the the star the Starband Chronicles. Okay, and they can find the first book on Amazon, obviously. Yes, right, right. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I'm also on there. And then there's links there to the the Kickstarter or the Amazon page, also. Okay, perfect. And we'll do that again at the end. We'll get all your all your social media and all your addresses and whatnot, and I'll have links in the uh, in the article on the blog that goes with this podcast. Um, oh, awesome. I did read your first issue, but again, since we were trying to do this at a different time, it's been a few weeks in the past. Um, it's sci-fi, and it is bird people. Yes, <laughs> yes th those are the Antarians. The Antarians are a bird-like uh, warrior race. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because the, the way the story originally started, um, it references a previous battle that happened 10,000 years ago. Uh, so the star bands have been around for that long. But they basically have been put away and been safeguarded by the Antarians until they were needed again. Now, the star bands are uh, a living weapon of their own, so basically they have like their own uh, consciousness. Uh, the only thing is that they need a host to actually move and do things with. So they pick and they, they choose their heroes, which are called paladins in the series, and uh, the Antarian's job is basically to safeguard them until they're needed again. And then once they're needed, they have to get them to their appropriate hero. 
And so that's how issue one all starts off. And we, we see how that the awakening of the star bands, how the Interians kind of recap a little bit about what happened in the past and how it's their time honored tradition and their duty. This is what they've been waiting for uh, to get these these weapons to their respective heroes. Okay. You know what it reminded me, I mean, in a little bit of maybe Lensman or Green Lantern. You know, Starband concept. Uh, yeah, well, it, it has a little bit of flavor from from like the Green Lantern, as far as when, uh, and you'll see this in future episodes. The Starbands can change shape. Um, so basically, you know, they make a connection with the, their host, their hero, their their champion, and basically the connection is as quick as thought. So as fast as you could think, and they actually start to build like a bond. And so um, when I originally thought of this and I you know I kind of you know I'm I'm a, like an older uh comic book fan and uh you know I remember the the kung fu movies and everything and I kind of wanted this weapon to be able to move around and to be able to change shape and almost and almost like in uh you know, if you remember like the corny um, kung fu movies from 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 the from the past, how they would whip these weapons and and you know they go ching 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 ching, it's something along that nature where you know this weapon could change. It could be a shield, it could be a sword, it could be, but it's flowing. You know, from one hand to another, it's almost like the person and the weapon become one. Okay, so it's. Let me. I'm trying to wrap my head around the proper way. It is somewhere between a Green Lantern ring and a lightsaber. Then, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually not a bad way. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a good way of looking at it. Right. All right. Okay. So now I'm I'm just trying to settle that image in my head to see kind of how how it would work. So you, it's a tool that adapts to its user or owner. But it itself is kind of alive on its own. Yes, exactly, and that and that's a key point to the story. Uh, in the the next issues, we're going to start seeing how because the weapon is connected to its its champion, its paladin, uh, paladin. Um, you're gonna you're basically they the weapon has gone through everything that you go through. So it could basically, it almost like records the memories of the host that it's with at that time. And then it uses it uses those memories to actually teach the next champion and the next paladin. And so it kind of like helps cut the training time down a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, because you almost learn through the previous um, hosts and uh, what they went through, their adventures with, with the star band. And even though, you know, every situation is slightly different, it's a it's a training tool and it's a way to teach the next one the next generation uh, what came and what happened before them okay that's kind of cool so it kind of allows them to adapt to their predecessors. Oh, so almost like the Matrix when he uh, suddenly learns kung fu. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Right, right, right. It's it's a little bit it's a little bit of speed training there, you know, because you know, you know, when I was developing the concept for the story, you know, um, there's four modern day humans that are now involved in issue two, and. Um, you know they've been chosen to be paladins right so now i i kind of have to you know in thinking along the longevity of the of the series you know i have to get these guys up to speed you know here it is for you know mo- you know modern time humans now they're stuck into you know they they're they're suddenly thrusted into this uh whole 
world that they never knew existed. You know, now we're dealing with aliens and different technologies and these incredible weapons that now have chosen. Um, so I had to kind of explain or at least develop a way of how I'm going to get these guys up to speed. And part of that was, you know, using the star bands as their teachers. Well, that 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 seems to make sense. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a very it's a novel concept. Uh, the artwork is outstanding. Like I said, I've read the first issue, but I am a little bit behind because it's been a while since I first read it. So, how did you, or about when did you first decide that you were going to make a book or a comic, and kind of give us the idea of you know. Inception, and then the steps you took to actually get from concept to releasing your first book. Well, it's it's funny because uh, you know how they say that some of the the the, the best ideas come from complete accident. Uh, I originally had wrote the story to be a, a trilogy. It was going to be a, a three part novel or series, right? And um, when I was doing the chapters, I was also working on the website, and I had uh, wanted to reach out to a couple of illustrators and uh, for some concept art. Now, I also draw a little bit myself, so I had my initial sketches from when I wrote the book. As I would, as I would write, I would have to kind of like picture a scene in my head. How do I want this to work? What would they look like? And so I would sketch something out real quick and at least it helped me get a visual of what it was I was trying to lay down on paper. So um, basically I took that step and I approached a couple of illustrators. I used a website called uh, Fiverr um, and then basically I found a couple of illustrators on there that were willing to work with me. You know, they love the concept they love, they they like the story so basically i sent them i scanned my concept my original concept art and basically worked with them to help you know refine it and and develop the characters a little bit more so i used that for the website now when people were looking at the website especially close friends and family you know they were like wow this is really cool you know this should be like an animated series. Like this should be, you know, a cartoon or, or a comic or something. Right. And so it was something really like out of the blue. And I said, huh, you know, uh, that's not a bad idea. Let me look into it because I knew nothing except from, you know, obviously growing up as a kid uh, with comics, you know, I'm an old Marvel and uh, DC fan, but, um, so I started looking into what it would take to actually produce a comic. And obviously, you know, illustrators are one of them. Um, I actually did a search and I found a couple of forums where I had guys talking about uh, finding an illustrator. And there was a lot of really good advice out there. And a, and a couple of them named a couple of websites. And so I signed up and go, went and checked out a couple of websites. And I basically posted an ad. And I basically said, hey, look, sci-fi writer, you know, looking to do um, a comic. Uh, here's the website. You know, if you're interested or need more information, you know, please get back to me. So after a little bit of a process, you know, because, you know, you get a bunch of people that, that respond and you kind of got to weed out the ones, you know, that may not fit what you're looking for or, you know, let's face it, you know, uh, are just not in your price range, you know, because, er you know, everybody's on a budget. Um, so basically when I, when I got down to ClickArt Studios and they're based out of the Philippines and I was looking for a Japanese anime type for this particular story because that's kind of like what fits the characters and the whole scenery as far as what goes in my head so when I talked to them 
the guy said, look, I looked, I looked at the website and uh, I read the story and uh, I love it. I want to do it. So this was great. I mean, so it took very little prodding on my on my part. You know, he had already seen the website. He saw the concept art. Uh, he had read some of the chapters from the website, and basically he was in. You know, uh, with me having to do very little convincing. So I said, okay, you know, that's that's fine and dandy. You know, he and he does the Japanese um, style art. So I was like, oh, all right, that's great. You know, this this sounds like a good fit. Now, obviously, we get down to the money, and I said, look, you know, I'm just starting on this business. I really don't know much about it. Uh, you know, this 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 is what I can afford. And he said, look, I'll do it. No problem. We'll work on it, and uh, and here we are. I'm working with them again on issue two. Oh, that's outstanding! And that's uh, ClickArtStudios.com, I believe, is where you find that. Yes, right, 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 right. They have their own website, and they're also on uh, um, DeviantArt. They're on uh, Instagram. They're on Facebook and Twitter. Man, as a matter of fact, if you go to their website, the Starband Chronicles are right there on front. Yeah, they actually uh, produce a, a couple of different uh, titles. But, yeah, um, I, I tell you what, they've been great. They're really, really great to work with. Uh, you know, they understand uh, time, you know, deadlines and, you know, pumping out the work. And, obviously, their work is, is really high class. And it's also a good one-stop shopping because not only do they have – uh, the pencilers and the inkers, they also have the colorists right there in their own studio. So basically, you know, you get the full package at, at one place, you know, rather than trying to find one penciler and one inker and then another colorist, uh, you know, which could be a, a daunting task all in itself. And then having to email multiple people, different files. Uh, this is basically, you know, they do everything right there in-house, one shop. That's pretty amazing. And the um, the artwork and everything they did really looks good, which people can check out at your website. But it, you know what it looks like to me a little bit is when they relaunched Thundercats and it was kind of a Japanese anime looking. Yes. I don't know. When was that? About 2010, right? Right. Because um, you do. You have a strong look that's kind of like you know, 80s toy-based animation and just, like, uh, anime film. So it's really a slick look. And it does. It goes with your story. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought that style fit the storyline best. And, you know, and uh, because it is an action series, because it does involve, like, these uh, kind of, like, really crazy-looking, you know, characters, you know, they're, like, part bird but they're humanoid in shape and then they wear like this crazy armor uh looking looking uniforms and uh you know actually one guy made a comment he's like it's like thundercats meets games of thrones which i thought was like i was like wow that's yeah i was like that is such a cool analogy i was like all right i you know i highly accept that uh that's such a great category of being um, so, yeah, it, you know, and it's great to see it all form now, you know, from something that was an idea, you know, just literally, I mean, it was, I mean, uh, not even two years ago, you know, so we come a long way and now we're pumping out issue number two. That's pretty quick, too. So I, I, you are a comic book fan. Yes, right. Yeah. Since, since the early days of Marvel and DC. Yeah. So when you got your first copy of your comic book in hand, did you bag? Oh, I have, I have, a, I have a set already put away, and I have the original proofs um, all, all put away. 
So how'd you feel holding that book? You know, I have I have a good friend of mine that's a childhood friend, and uh, he actually helps me out with a lot of the social media stuff and everything. And um, he had the first issue in his hand, and he didn't want to open it. And I said to him, I said, well, you got to open it. How you how are you going to check it out if you don't open it? And he's like, dude, he goes, this is so cool. And it's, uh, yeah, it is. It really is a surreal feeling, you know, when you kind of, you know, you work towards something and then you actually have it in your hand. And the craziest part was that it all started from an idea, you know, uh, you know, your, your imagination. And you basically wrote down a couple of ideas and you started forming a story. And then from there, basically, you know, obviously, you know, I, like I told you before, from the website, uh, people and their comments and their feedback and thinking that it, it would be a great animated series and comic book. And then to hear and, you know, be, to actually physically hold it in your hand now, it's, it's just a great feeling. You know, it's a great accomplishment. Yeah, that's it's pretty amazing. Um, so I, I I've got one question for you, and it's going to come off a little glib, but I got to know you're in Terrence. Where did the idea for a bird person come from? You know, um, well, the original the. I have to go back to the website a little bit because the introduction is on the website, but I didn't want to start the introduction as issue one because the introduction kind of happened 10,000 years ago, and it's it's a little bit more of explaining the, the baseline story, and I kind of thought, you know what, I only have 21 pages you know, in, a, in an average comic book, so I, I have to grab the reader's attention, you know, especially issue number one. You know, so I purposely started with chapter one of, of my book, which is after the original introduction happens, kind of like the prologue, you know, and in, in the introduction, uh, there was an original war where um, they're called the elementals. They're almost like these magical celestial beings, and they were fighting amongst themselves. And so what happened was one was winning. Uh, more of the war and the other three had a band together and uh, even with, with them banding together they weren't strong enough uh, to, to defeat the one that was actually you know um, uh, defeating everyone so basically they recruited what they called the younger races or the junior races and that happens to be you know like uh, you know your average you know everyday uh, alien let's say you know and uh, so they created the weapons to kind of help them even the odds and th and then that's how that's how the star bands were created now the interiors come into play because uh, Lindora which is another character that you'll see um, here in the future episodes she was the very first paladin selected like I said the the star bands are a living weapon of their own but they have their own consciousness and they pick their champion well they try to pick the champions that are because when these when these celestial beings created the star bands they kind of knew that they were creating something so powerful that it could in the wrong hands be used against them so what they did was they purposely put in this entity right to basically be its conscious and to pick only the most noble of beings and the very first paladin ended up being an Antarian named Lindora, who was at that time the high priestess uh, of their of their government, and uh, and and to the Antarians, you know. And so, for me, the the 
the bird people and the and the whole look. And if you look at the different characters, you can kind of see the similarities of you know everyday birds like uh, Onar, who's the captain of the keepers. He's he's modeled after an eagle. Uh, Kalron is a younger uh, one of the younger warriors. He's modeled after a hawk. Uh, Valtor is a, is has that darkish uh, dark blue feathers with the large beak. He's you know modeled after a raven. And then Zermas, which is like the, the scientist warrior, uh, he's also modeled after a cardinal. So, you know, I took my inspiration from modern day, you know, from what's really out there because I, I felt like people could relate to this. Like, you, you, it's almost like you recognize it, but it's different. Mm-hmm. I can see that, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely each of the characters, besides just looking like a bird, but each character that stands out definitely looks like a different Right, of- right. Yeah, so that definitely comes through. Um, there, but there was no particular thing where you said, "Oh, I'm going to do this alien as a bird." There was no like, "You're not like a." Bird. Well, no, it, it wasn't because of that. It was because of the story, because of the um, because of the celestial okay. beings. Um, the Antarians are the last race of uh, basically the the air elementals. So you know, being an air elemental, I it, right, it actually okay. like birds were the obvious link. Okay. I'm just always interested in kind of the, the thoughts. that mm-hmm. just- Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, uh, I, I mean, and like I said, it was so, such an interesting concept, uh, you know, and it was, uh, you know, I don't know the original, like, story of, like, the Thundercats or something like that, but it's, it's similar as far as, you know, how, you know, each character, you know, Lino is obviously a lion and Chitara and Panther. Uh, you know, you, you have these characters and, uh, you know, they actually look like the character, you know, the, the name implies, but, but it's, it's a humanoid type of uh, look to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, are you a big sci-fi guy? And there, there's a reason I'm asking this. It's on one of the pages of your, on the page 12 mm-hmm. Kickstarter edition. Uh, I noticed in the space battle that it looks like there's an O'Neill cylinder involved. <laughs> I, I, I am a sci-fi uh, guy. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, obviously the Star Trek from the TV series and, uh, you know, the, the um, George Lucas with Star Wars. And, and you know, I, I, I'm... Look, that whole genre, the whole fantasy thing, sci-fi to me has always uh, had a certain appeal to it. Kind of like, you know, thinking about the future and what uh, what it could be, you know. And um, for me, uh, sci-fi has always been that my my little thing, you know. Because it makes you think about, wow, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you look at, like, uh, Star Trek in the uh, in the 60s and they talk about the communicators and stuff like that and, you know, the the flip phones come and gone. Um, now, now we have these androids and it's like we're always connected to the Internet and we're always, uh, you know, it's, it's so easy to get a hold of people um, nowadays across the world. Right? And I, I remember, like, H.G. Uh, Wells had that... Um, uh, that book, um, what was it? The one, the one where there was cameras everywhere and they were watching you, like your every move, and they could record you. But it's you know, society is built on you know what your imagination can think of next, and you know, technology's always been a, a big interest in me. You know, and obviously, sci-fi is a part of that. Oh sure, 
No, I'm always interested in the O'Neill cylinder because it's like it's something we could actually build right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny because actually for the series, I had to look up uh, certain things of um, you know modern day physics and a couple of theories, and it was it was so interesting. Like you know, because I wanted to. You know, I, I wanted to have my series have a baseline in truth, a reality, or at least, you know, a theory, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of take their theory and kind of say, well, what if, you know, what if, you know, quantum physics says, you know, we should be able to do this, or what if we can, and, uh, you know, where does it lead us? And, you know, so, um, yeah, I had to do a little bit of that research and actually, you know, brush up on my uh, physics and quantum theory and a little bit of Einstein and a couple other theories there and uh, read up about wormholes and black holes and you know but but it's fun and like I said and then to integrate that into the story so the the reader could kind of get like a little base of wow this is really cool or I heard about something like that and uh, you know and kind of extend it a, even a little further yeah there's um I don't know if you're oh, you're you were a Star Trek yeah 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 the original yeah the original series and even the new ones I, I like yeah well, there's a guy, um, well, there's a show uh, on the internet, Star Trek Continues, and it's a handful of guys that are continuing the last couple of years of the original Star Trek to kind of get oh, cool. the episode wrap up. And I've interviewed a few of them, but one of the guys I interviewed is the is a writer and director they work with. Nice, okay. As I'm, talk, as I'm talking to him, yeah, he's a film director, but he's also a... Um, uh, <laughs> some crazy thing. So as we're talking about things, he'll like he he would kind of like throw out like, well, here's what they do there, but here's what would really happen. You're like, God, this guy. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, you 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 really have to have another level. But it's it's funny because even uh, I read a quote from Einstein where he says, you know, it's it's not so much intelligence, but it's imagination. Because you you got to have that imagination to ask the question, what if, or how does this work, or you know how can we apply this, and you know and kind of extend that, you know use your imagination to extend that to other fields and other theories, and uh, you know it's it's a really interesting world. I mean, as far as technology and sci-fi goes, like I, I see like sky's the limit. There is no boundary. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. As far as, like, the only way to get around a limitation is to think out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. And, you know, working on a creative project like this, you know, and for, for me, this was an outlet, you know, uh, uh, and a way of kind of escaping for, for a little while and, and, you know, leaving the normal world behind for a little bit and kind of getting immersed in my own world and kind of saying, well, you know, what if this character did this or how would this work? And, and then when you put it all together, you know, and, you know, obviously, you know, you see what you have before you, you know, uh, here we are two issues later. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So um, what do you see coming up in the future for you? I mean, you've got your first book, so, I mean, you're a finisher. You proved that you can get something. Well, I would like to continue working on the series. Right now, I'm planning at least five issues, which should take me to the end of next year. And then, depending on the feedback and, and where I want to go with that, um, I may continue on with, with the series. And... Um, 
I'm actually talking to a couple people right now uh, about actually helping them produce their own comic book series or at least their first issue. You know, when I first started this, you know, obviously having the idea and doing the book was one thing. And then the website, you know, um, which these days is almost a must for everybody that's trying to put something out there. Um, and then the social media accounts and everything else, you know, going to Amazon and going to Comixology and going to this place and just going through that entire process. You know, I realized I was like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. And it's very intimidating for a lot of people because, you know, you, you may have somebody that is a writer and say, hey, I got this idea for this book. But then when he realizes the marketing and the social media accounts and the website, and he's like, you know, he feels overwhelmed and it kind of like discourages him a little bit because he may want to write a book, but he may not want to be involved in all that other stuff. So basically, I've already done those steps. So I started talking to a couple of people about helping them produce their own book. And um, so it's in the works right now. It's in the early stages. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I enjoy. I enjoy, you know, I didn't realize it until I actually did it for myself and how much I enjoyed the production part of it. You know, actually taking a concept, a story, and doing the concept art and then taking it um, from one illustrator to another and laying out the pages and doing the whole process. And even the social marketing, uh, you know, the Twitter and the Facebook, you know, you get to meet so many other people out there, other creators, other fans, and then, you know, you post a picture of your own work, and then they say, hey, what's that? That's cool. I've never seen that before. And then, you you know, there, there's a whole introduction there that just opens up the door, and, you know, you, you say, hey, well, that's that's my own creative work. That's an original, you know, this is the Star Band Chronicles, and this is what, oh, wow, that's really cool. Where can I check it out? You know, go to starbandchronicles.com and, 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 you know, and it, it's just really that simple, but it seems, it seems so much more and it's, it's a little daunting and a little scary for, for most people when they look at the entire process. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you're dealing with something as personal as like, I mean, you, you can speak to this more than I can, but you've got this whole world you've created now. Yes, right. Thousand years of history, even, and now you're putting it out for people to look at. And you're gonna if somebody thinks it's no good, they're gonna say it. And you know how mean the internet can be. So I can see how somebody has put together a story or written a book, and then not only isn't looking forward to doing the social media side but could be afraid of doing this yeah no you're you're absolutely right because like you said you know you you know you put your your heart sweat and tears you know like they say and uh into into this project and you know as good as you may think it is or as great as you think your idea is you haven't put it to the test yet you know, you know, and, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, because, uh, you know, you may you may give it to a friend or a family member who, they, you know, they may like it and they may they, they may genuinely say, hey, you know, this is pretty good. But now, you know, that next leap is to put it out there into the general world and just and get some feedback. And, you know, sometimes you're absolutely right. Sometimes the criticism isn't nice. And, you know, not everybody, um, you know, can constructively criticize another person or understand where that artist is coming from. And, you know, you, you, you may have a fan of sci-fi, uh, uh, you know, versus a fan of, of fantasy. And the fantasy guy may say, oh, look, I'm not into that. You know, and people shouldn't let that discourage them because that might not be their genre. That might not be their audience. 
Well, yeah, and it's it's even more than that. It's that you can hear a hundred things that are supportive, and those go in one ear and out the other. You get one of a guy who's just having a bad day, so he he craps all the time. Yeah, and you know what? That's one thing that. You know, I don't know, because if you follow my, my social media accounts and stuff, I start off the morning posts with, like, some motivational stuff. And that's just a habit that I've gotten into um, because, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes you need to be reminded that, hey, you know what, look, one person's opinion does is, may not be the majority. You know, so, you know, so don't place more weight on a negative opinion than a than hundred positive ones. I mean, you know, that, the math just doesn't work that way. But if you're emotionally attached, you know, you, you may you may get hurt, you know, and you may feel rejected or whatever the case is. But you got to understand, look, it's it's a process. You're you're going to go through your ups and downs. You know, I don't think anybody that successfully did anything in life, you know, hasn't had a couple of rejections and probably use that to either catapult themselves or learn from and make things better. You know, how many times did, uh, what was it, Thomas Edison say, you know, uh, you know I, I found uh, a thousand ways. Right, exactly, exactly, you know, but, I, but all he needed was that one that did, and that's it. You know, I mean, I look at some of the stories and... Uh, you know, because as I was putting the series together, you know, I like I said, I did a lot of information and I was looking a lot of research and stuff. And, um, you know, I had George Lucas, you know, when George Lucas came up with the, you know, his whole concept for for Star Wars, you know, he actually got rejected by the major studios, you know, and, and he started doing it himself. You know, you look at, um, you know, Sylvester Stallone was another one. You know, it was, you know, there, there's a lot of these stories out there of people that were rejected. And you know what? They said, no, you know, I believe in myself. I believe what I'm, what, what I'm doing. Or it may not be the first book, but maybe the second or third or fourth book that got people's attention. And then people were like, oh, yeah, he also wrote this. And then they go back to the first book. And then they say, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is this is a really great book. Uh, you know, so, you know, you, you can't give up. And that's and that's the bottom line. Hey, so LA, what what did you do before starting your company? No, I'm actually I'm actually in the engineering field. <laughs> I work. I'm a project engineer for a mechanical engineering company here. Yeah, here in the uh, in the New York area. And um, I, previous to this, I was in the military, and uh, you know where I, I studied electronics and stuff like that. And um, you know, it, it just, like I said, this was always like a little, I guess it was like a hidden passion for me. And, uh, you know, when I had a chance to actually put the, put it together and actually think about it, and uh, it, it all started coming together. That's why I can't, you know, I, I try to tell people, I was like, look, you know, you may not have a crystal clear idea, but the whole thing is start. If it's something you're really interested in, start the process, get the ball rolling, and you'll be surprised how the answers kind of like, develop on their own you know or or certain people come into your life at the at the right time and help guide you over that little hump or you know or it could be just looking up some some information or just asking a question but the whole thing is you know if you don't start if you don't sit down and actually start the process 
then you're never you, you're never going to run into those you know hills and valleys you know you're never going to get to those gaps you know so it's you know it, i enjoy the process uh you know after everything that i've done here with issue one and now issue two you know i've come to realize it's like oh dude you know this is really cool i i really enjoyed the creative process working with other people the other illustrators explaining to them my ideas and then laying it out and then putting it all together and at the end when you see the finished product you know it's kind of like that uh that guy that scores the 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 touchdown in the football game at the end of the game you know or michael jordan you know when he goes up and uh he makes that that two second basket you know it's you know it's it, it that's it that that's your payoff that's your reward you know and then you move on to the next project and let's get it done Yeah, I guess that's that's kind of the main thing I'm seeing with people that I speak with. It's get started and then finish what you're working on, even if it's not to your, even if it's not perfect. Just finish what you've got. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes people can be their own worst critics, you know, as you all know. But the whole idea is that look, no, nothing is set in concrete. You know, you may you may lay out the basics of a book, a chapter, w- whatever you want to do, and then you know you've got time to go back and you got time to 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 finesse or refine things as the process goes. You know, like I said, I mean my my idea started off as. Uh, um, you know, as a novel, as a three-set trilogy, you know, if I, but if I would have never had that idea, I would have never got to the website. If I would have never got to the website, I'd have never got to the concept art. If I would have never got to the concept art, I would have never got to the uh, Click Art Studios, and hence the comic book. So, you know, so one, you know, so one thing, in a way, even though I didn't see it back then, they were all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me ask you this, too, because the other side of getting a project, I mean, yes, project finished, but now other people need to see it. So, and I know you're, you're heavy into social media, so kind of give me an idea. What, what are your biggest wins as far as, like, you know if you get on Twitter, you know you're going to be able to reach more people? I mean, where do you... Well, I think you have to start with social media is great because, for one, it's free. So, you know, so obviously that has that appeal right there. The other thing is that it allows you to connect to like-minded people, fans of the same thing that you're interested in. Um, so, obviously, for me, I have a lot of people that are comic book fans that follow me. Uh, you know, a lot of illustrators, some sci-fi guys, some Star Wars and Star Trek people. But the bottom line is that there that's that's my group that's my audience right and so you know when they see me post you know artwork from Marvel or DC or the the new Wolverine trailer that just came out um, they start interacting you know what I mean because that's that's what they're they're interested in and that's what I'm interested also so you know you gotta you know you kind of kind of you know uh, find your niche find your audience you know um you know it, it would do me no good to try to sell my comic book to a group of lawyers or or you know school teachers that may not be interested in that you know what i mean so the the first thing is to you know go go and go in with that mindset that you know you're creating these facebook accounts and you're creating these twitter accounts for that purpose you know is to connect to other fans of the, exactly the same thing that you're putting out or that you're a fan of. 
Okay, because I noticed, like, with yours, you put out a lot of comic book art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the comic book field. I'm, you know, I got a sci-fi story, but I'm a fan of Marvel, DC. I mean, I go back to, you know, it's the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby days, you know, with the, with the X-Men, and uh, you know, and it's all it's all interconnected. Like I said, that's that's all that's my group, that's my audience, that's who I, I want to have these conversation with. Plus, that's the illust- Let's face it, you know, I through social media, I met. Um, I met a couple of illustrators. I met other comic book creators, uh, whether they're independent or whether they work for Marvel or DC. You know, so it, it it opens up a couple of doors. And I also met people that are interested in doing the podcasts and the blogs, you know, uh, and social media stuff related to comic books. Oh, absolutely. So let's let's we're starting to run up on time. So now we got to get to the really important. Wow, you know that's tough because you know it's changed. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 changed uh, as I've gotten older. But uh, you know, for me, I, I'm a classic kind of guy. Um, I like Superman. To me, is is always one of uh, just like, that model character. And then on the grittier side, you know, I also have I also love that that Wolverine. You know, especially you know how he was in the late '80s, early '90s. Exactly, exactly, right, right. That's right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, and then you know, and then later on, you know, during the mid '90s, I became a fan of uh, like Image Comics and Wildstorm. Uh, you know, Jim Lee's uh, early years with them. You know, they they had some great stuff uh, going on. You know, and it's awesome to see Jim Lee now. You know, at DC and what he's doing over there. Okay, yeah. I'm a of Jim Lee, so I'll just uh <laughs> I'll just let that one kinda go. But um I, I am starting to enjoy Yeah, you know, uh Rebirth had me scared because that's that's it's always one of those things like, Oh boy, man, are these guys thinking this all the way through? And it looks like they, they have. Uh, which is which is great, you know, and it gives it, you know, like I said, it, it gives the characters a, a slightly different flavor and um, throws a little twist in a couple of storylines, um, you know. But it's so easy if you don't think it out all the way through. It's so easy to just mess it up and really like uh, leave people with a bad taste in their mouth, especially you know long term, right? Long term fans. Oh yeah, well. Yeah. Well, I think, and uh, the New 52 did that, I think, to a lot of people like our age, where we're kind of like, eh, why is... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I guess for me, I've always been a little bit more open-minded, because you're right, you know, especially some old-time fans, they get very critical, especially of the movies, because I've, I've heard some of the comments, I've seen them online and stuff, and they're very critical about, oh, they didn't do this right, and they didn't do that right, and, and it's like, come on, guys, you know, it's, it's a movie. This is something that our kids have that we didn't have. You know, I mean, I grew up with, you know, I remember when uh, Lou Ferrigno was, was playing the Hulk on CBS, you know, so, so come on. I mean, so where we, where we come from, for where we've been, it's a huge, huge, huge improvement. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, just 
yeah, you right. can complain about the story in Batman versus Superman all you want. Exactly. 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 You know, and uh, and I'm really excited to see that next Wonder Woman, uh, you know, um, movie. I'm really hoping she does well. I think, I, I, you know, everybody criticizes. You know, it's. I, you know what? I like her. I think she's. I think she's good for the character. Um, so, you know, I'm just hoping that it, it's done well and, uh, you know, a lot of people accept it and we, and we I, I'm hoping we get to see her more. Me too. I'm, I'm, I am bullish on Justice League and Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, were there problems with the last two movies that they did? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it, you know, it, it's a little tough because, you know, being a fan and then actually being a producer of the movie, you know, you have a time limit. So how much story are you going to be able to see or convey to the viewer in two and a half? And now, you know, now these movies are pushing close to three hours now. Um, you know, but it's still, you know, you're you're talking about maybe... 15, 20 years of comic book history in two and a half, three hours. Oh, yeah. Well, and for me, you know, when you hit two and a half or three yeah, hours, yeah. I've got two movies. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, it's um, you know, it, it's a daunting task, you know, to try to take all that history and uh, put it on on the big screen. And you know, people criticize, you know, how many. I, I tell you what, and and I I have to um, I have to you know eat crow on this because I was a little bit of a critic when it came to Ben Affleck playing Batman, and he proved me wrong. You know, I, I like him. Um, you know, but he plays a more mature Batman or uh, uh, older Bruce Wayne character. You know, he's not the Christian Bale type of uh, Batman. You know, mm-hmm. so and you know, and you know, after watching it, I said, hey, you know what? He 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 did a good job. You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. You know, because I was kind of really I was kind of really on the fence there of uh, you know really kind of worried about how he was going to do. Yeah, you know, I was when he was first named. I was like, "Oh, come on!" And then everybody kept like going back to Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, of right, right. I mean, let's let's face it. You know, now look look at Daredevil on Netflix and how successful that is. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it goes back to good story writing. Like I said, if if you don't have good story writing, you know what? You're you're going to lose half of your audience almost right away. Because even in a comic book, no matter how visual it is, the the it's got to relay a message. It's got to get to somewhere. It's got to get to a point. You know, and if you can't do that, no matter you know if you got the greatest illustrator on board, people are going to look at it. It's basically a picture book then. Uh, it's not a real comic. It's not a real story. Right. No, you are absolutely correct. Um, and then if you were to name your favorite sci-fi... Ooh, um, you know, even even with the, all the new movies and all the criticism, it still has to be Star Wars. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of George Lucas and everything he's done. Uh, I, I'm so impressed with how he created his own world and his own characters and uh, and and the longevity of it. I mean, let's let's face it, you know, I mean, here it is, you know, they're talking about Rogue One coming out in December. Uh, I know Netflix has the Star Wars animated 
series, you know, um, I mean, it's just it's just incredible the empire that he's created, you know. And I really hope that Disney, you know, does him justice and, and keeps going with it. And it looks like they are. Yeah, it looks like it to me. And you know, uh, anybody who listens to me regularly knows that uh, uh-huh. George Lucas is a hometown boy from here in Modesto, California. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I can actually point right to where his parents lived. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Matter of fact, I was four when the first Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I was four when that first movie. Yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, I and I just take my hat off to him be, to be able to do what he's done, cons- you know, consistently throughout the years, and to have that relationship with fans, where you know they 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 want to see more. You know, it's kind of like the never ending story. You know, he's got these characters going on and such a great concept and uh, and. People People just want to see more and more, and they're, they're so immersed into it, you know? It's just great. It's just fantastic what he's done. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool stuff. All right, so, L.A., we are running up on time. Uh, everybody get a chance to check out the Star Band. Well, the, the website is thestarbandchronicles.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at L.A. Franco uh, and also on Twitter. And... Um, and the Kickstarter, kickstarter.com for issue two is going on right now. Uh, let's see. I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $600 on uh, a, uh, our goal is 2500 but we've got something like 28 days to go. It's, uh, you know, we're almost, you know, right around the month mark, you know. So we still got, yeah, we still got plenty of time. You got some time left in there. Yeah, very good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to Geekish Cast. You can find us at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast. Geekishcast theme music is taken from Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zayas. Check them out at reignofzayas.net. website at geekishcast.com. Geekishcast is a BSU Ficker production, and all original content is copyright 2016. If you got a thought or a comment, or think you or somebody you know would be a good guest for Geekishcast, please feel free to reach out and contact me. You can email me, thegeekishcast at gmail.com, or jeremy at thegeekishcast, or you can even phone me at 209-232-6001. 